We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are we going to have Fabopalooza this upcoming week? We're going to have great pitching prospects again debuting this week. And Matt Mervis getting the call. Here to talk about it and more is our good friend Paul Spore, who's celebrating a Tiger sweep coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with the great Paul Spore of Fangraphs, Rotographs, Sleeper in the Bus Podcast. Uh, he's on Twitch, he's on Twitter, he's everywhere. He's Paul Spore. He's everyone. Uh, how, how are you doing, Paul? Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing pretty well. You know, the season's in full swing now. We flip the calendar over to May. Things are really kind of getting into that, that daily groove. I think we all kind of have our routines mapped out. And I kind of love the everyday of it, it during the season and that, that real hardcore grind. So the newness is worn off, and now we settle in. Yeah. So I need that newness to wear off uh, because the first month of, for me was just awful. I have three Same. main event teams, and the highest I'm at is like ninth in the, the three of them, and I'm dead last in one of them there. I needed the, ca- the calendar to turn. Unfortunately, it's not turning all that well. We'll get into that <laughs> momentarily, but um, it, it, it's been a grind for me. and I, I Not a grind for me. That's not the right word. It's been a challenge for me, and I felt like coming up to draft day for the main events, I felt like I was still catching up. I don't know why I feel that way this year, but that's carried over into the season for me. Could be a situation where competition is getting tighter, so we kind of feel like we're behind more as well. But I, I feel the same thing. I don't know if you've heard. You know, I know we can't all listen to everyone's pods, or else we would have no time to do anything. But I've been talking about how bad my team's been doing too. I'm in dead last. I am damn near the last of the main event, like overall. And yet I look at my team, and I'm like, yeah, it's clearly struggling, and there's clearly pockets of of issues. But I don't look at it as a complete loser. Maybe that's just delusion. I'm I'm fine with uh, some people believing that. But I had a similar issue last year, where my team languished in kind of the bottom three to five uh, spots there. But I never gave up. You know, I kind of whined with uh, Justin through it day in, day out on the pod and on G chat. He's like, "Nah, stay in there. You know, hang in, hang in." Yep. And then I was kind of in contention at the end. You know, Kyle Gibson screwed me over out of out of a cash spot, but that's uh, that that's a one off thing. But you got to keep grinding. It really is a long season. We say all these cliches not just because they're cliches and they're the right thing to say, but because they're true. 
and you and I are going to bear that out. We're going to be grinding all year. And maybe these teams don't rise up. Maybe you just have a loser sometimes because nothing goes right. But you got three shots. I got one. Between the four of us, I bet we get at least a 50-50 in two of these teams get out of the cellar and do some things, and maybe two of them are off to the side. I don't know. But I, I refuse to give up after four or five weeks. There's just no universe where I'll ever do that. Right. I'm with you on that completely. But for for now, our Vegas mains are in the 700 club. And uh, we'll, we'll just uh, – that that's a new we, term. We I'm do need thinking. God, by the way. Like, uh, yes. Yes, we do. That, that was a religious uh, show for those that don't get the reference. Yeah. Again, going for the nice, timely, young, hipster references that I do all the time there. The 40 hey, we already... reference. Yes, exactly. Uh, Kansas City Moose, Anthony Jolity asks, what's on your hat, by the way? Oh, it is. I'm glad you asked. I figured somebody might. It is a uh, hornet's nest. This is for the Charlotte Black Hornets, a Negro League team. Oh, I, nice. I've told the story a couple of times, but I got super lucky. You know, these days when you're on Twitter, you follow a bunch of people. Um, you have to kind of catch what's on there at that moment. You know, someone says, did, I, did you see my tweet? I'm like, well, was I on Twitter the moment you tweeted it? Because if not, then no. But I happened to be on Twitter one day randomly in the afternoon. Charlotte Knights, the AAA team, was uh, advertising these. They had Billy Hamilton, who's now up in the majors, advertising the whole uniform that they were going to wear that weekend. I was like checking the team store right away. Instantly nice. got it. So there's a beehive with a little with the little stick sticking out there. It was a must cop hat though. The Charlotte Black Hornets available in the Charlotte Knights team shop. Awesome. There you go. Thank you for asking. And there there you go. Um, I like it there. All right. Let's start off with some big news here. We'll start off with some good news. Your D- Detroit Tigers swept the Mets uh, in a doubleheader yesterday and then finished off the series today, beating old friend Justin Verlander two nothing to the two runs coming in the first hint. Inning solo homers by uh, uh, Riley Green and Javi Baez, who might be waking up just a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Good times, at least, for uh, three days. Felt great. First off, sweeping a doubleheader is remarkably difficult, even if yep. you even the other way, you know, the Mets being way better than the Tigers. Even sweeping the A's, Tigers, uh, Royals, Nets, that's difficult to do in a day. So for the underdog team to sweep a quality team, that's a lot of fun. And then to get Justin... I, it was kind of a double-edged thing. Like, I wanted Justin to do well. He's on that aforementioned main event team. But the Tigers getting the dub against him without him having a terrible start. Those were the only two runs he gave up. Didn't feel so bad. So I kind of got the best of both worlds there, even though I didn't cop a, a pitcher win. But, yeah, they're playing a bit better. I don't expect major things from this team. Uh, I just want them to play some competitive ball, you know, five times a week. They don't right. have to win five games a week, obviously. But five out of the seven days play a damn good game, please. And early on, it was rough. Now they're actually competitive. They're pulling some W's, some walk-offs, some good pitching performances. It's not a dread uh, to watch them every day the way it was kind of getting to last year and then early this year. So I'm I'm in. I still watch my Tigers every day. I won't pretend that I don't leave sometimes in the middle of a game if it's a big pitcher duel that I want to watch starting up elsewhere. But 7 o'clock or whatever the time, it's usually 6 in, in Central. Whenever the Tigers are starting, I'm there. I, I, I treat the Reds the same way. I at least start my day with, you know, if they're, if they're on right the same time, I'll start with them. I may not last, especially because the eh, broadcast crew, crew is okay. Um, we, we both have that, by the way. Our broadcast yeah. crews are not the best. Yeah. Um, uh, I like Chris Welsh when he's on for mm-hmm. them. Um, uh, but, yeah, the rest of the crew, eh, it's all right. It's a, it's a bit of a house organ. And I, I like a little bit more critical thinking on there a little bit there. Yep. I, I will say for Verlander in his debut, not bad. Five innings, five Ks, two earned. Um, you got you got through his seventy nine pitches. I mean, basically, this is an extended. This is like 
spring training plus start. Exactly. Uh, It just happens that he got no run support. I mean, 0.0 on that. And that's because one of the better quiet stories of the year is Eduardo Rodriguez, eight shutout, nine Ks, two hits, one walk down to 181 ERA. Much of the, you know, the scourge of some people on the Twitterverse, but like uh, the mouth got to be spinning in his grave. Yeah, <laughs> he's not dead. Uh, no, uh, uh, but uh, you know, hey, this this is better than what people were touting for him yeah. last year. This is like this is a plus plus performance here, and it's unlikely to last as the weather heats up. But nonetheless, pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, when he came over, when Eduardo Rodriguez came over to the Tigers, I was expecting basically those same skills that he had with the Red Sox to play up a little bit, being in both the AL Central versus the AL East and the ballpark. I thought those two factors would turn him into just a better pitcher, even with the exact same skills, that kind of low fours ERA with that upper 1.2s, low 1.3s whip. Take that into Comerica, put it in the AL Central from the AL East, and I think you're looking at, what, 360 to 390 ERA with a low 120s whip. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I believe he could have done that last year if he didn't have, A, a health issue, and then, B, a, an off the field where he left the team for a bit. Um, now, healthy, looking great again, I think he can do that. He's well above that right now. He'll smooth out a little bit. I don't think Eduardo's necessarily a brand-new guy, but he is cooking on all cylinders, and Anthony asks, is he got to be on the block big time? If a team will take on that contract, I do think he, he could be on the block. Pitching's hard to find. If he stays pitching really well and, like, really kind of is this year's uh, Martin Perez, where he's kind of way over his skis for a whole full half, then maybe the Tigers can cash in in a big way. And frankly, I wouldn't be against that because I don't think he's going to be part of their next great team. I, he's in year two, though, of a five-year, $77 That's million right. dollar deal. I mean, it's rare to see a guy traded that early in a contract. Uh, Isn't there an opt-out? Th- I don't know. Uh, there and might I- be. I also don't, I don't know what happens with those with trades. Sometimes those get deactivated with trades and things right. like that, too. So it, it's hard to know for sure how on the block Eduardo Rodriguez will be. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not certain either, but uh, I would bet he isn't. But we'll see. I mean, new front office, so it's hard to say. You know, it wasn't like the current GM is the one who signed this contract. True. But he's also 30. So if they do keep him and they do think, hey, we're on a three-year plan this year included – Eduardo Rodriguez would still be there and wouldn't be anywhere near old, right? The end of this deal is age 33. So there's no reason that they can't keep him, even if they do believe that they're two, maybe even three more years away. At least that would be the last year of the deal. And at the very least, you would think that a healthy Eduardo Rodriguez can at least eat up 160 plus useful innings for you, even if he's not at his best. But right now he's at his best. You know, there's one team that wouldn't be afraid of his contract. The Mets. That's true. They're like, hey, we don't care. We need we need pitchers now too. They had depth, and all of a sudden, that's why that's why you never have too much depth. That again, right. talking about cliches from earlier. That's why that cliche will never die because it's so true. The second that you think you have depth, the baseball gods will strike down three pitchers in two days and laugh at you. Exactly. Plus, they they've already blown through the luxury cap t- uh, exactly. thresholds. There's reports about Steve Cohen getting winning a license to build a casino basically in the parking lot of the stadium there, uh, which means he would be printing money uh, with all that there. So, you know, you think about that. And he, that's why he doesn't care about the taxes either, by the way, if he no. gets that, you know, the luxury cap, I mean, that luxury tax. I mean, he's like, yeah, whatever. 
It's the cost of doing business. I got the money. I'm trying to win, which is the way owners should be. You get in this, and it really is a spend money to make money thing. Sure, you can pocket the money, and it can just be a bank of steady amount of money, even as a low end team. But to really turn it into a cash cow, and these owners, you know, they're super rich. They're greedy dudes, right? They make much, much more money if they actually try. Like it's, it's right there. I don't know why so many of them just sit on their hands and Mm -hmm. don't actually try to make the big bucks, which you definitely can. Yeah, a lot of them want the sure thing. And after the COVID year, I, I, I get that. And some, some owners might not be as liquid. I'm looking at you, Cincinnati. Um, (laughs) and you know the devastating losses that the Castellini family suffered. Oh, the heart bleeds. But bummer. Um, yeah. Uh, but you, you can kind of see that. So anyhow, I could see that happening. All the Mets. I mean. I, I saw on Mets Twitter a lot, a lot today about, okay, we got to reform this lineup here, shake it up, got to get rid of Vogelbach, got to do this. They're, they're around so 500. They're not, yeah. they're not the they're Cardinals. Fine. They're not the White Sox. Exactly. This is like a run-of-the-mill bat. You're at even, right? Nothing's happened. And now you just got two aces back in the last two days. I know Scherzer was down a bit, and it might have been an effect of him not really wanting to use the rosin at all because while he was, he was not cheating, I believe him, Personally, mm-hmm. I believe it was rosin and sweat, but it can create some pretty good tack. And then they made him wash his hands with alcohol, which actually heightens that impact. Right. So right. it looked like he was really using some sticky stuff. He was using what is allowed and he sweats like crazy. But anyway, I don't think he's cooked or anything. I think he was being really cautious with what he used yesterday because he didn't want to get popped again. Um, and Verlander will ramp up. They're going to be fine. I really believe that even with the lineup. I'm a big Brett Beatty guy. They got him in. I think the top half of that lineup will be fine. Alonzo's already been excellent. If I'm the Mets, I'm not sweating anything right now. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, get Just make sure you play Beatty even against lefties and maybe move yes, him up in the let order. let him play. Yeah, exactly. He'll, and I think things will come around for them. I know they've been star-crossed so far. Um, I'm not so sure the Cardinals are going to come around, on the other hand. They got Again. swept by the Angels, and it was ugly today. All nine Angels hitters had a hit by the, by the top of the third inning. Jeez. That is crazy. Now, this Angels team, by the way, they're, they're actually an interesting team themselves in yep. that – um, they're being treated as though they suck again. And for one, they don't now. They've been treading around 500. And now with this sweep, they're actually at 18 and 14. So yep. can, we, can we start to give them some love? I, I don't really care. I'm not like they got to give themselves some love and stop treating everything. You saw that the other day. Sam Blum from The Athletic uh, tweeted out that he can't interview a coach unless it gets uh, approved by the minders in the PR and front office. In, in the case of it, they have to ask a negative question. They have to ask the line of questioning first. He previously got uninvited from a write em, writer's forum thing because he, had, he was not showing enough positivity or is too much negativity or something of that nature. Oh that was a couple goodness. of weeks ago. So that's two strikes that's against the Angels. That, that, that is brutal. I mean, they're always trying to shoot themselves in the in the feed over there. I root for them because I want Trout and Otani in the playoffs so desperately. But I do yeah. think they have a pretty good crew. You talk about the Cardinals, though. Let's go back to them. Jack Flaherty getting absolutely trounced today. We've seen some really ugly starts this week. Braxton Garrett, really fun streamer and kind uh, of a deeper league pickup. Wore it yesterday against the Braves. And Jack Flaherty takes this one today, 10 runs. The bottom line is is that they might have enough talent to call out of it, but you're banking so many losses right now at 10 and 22. We talk about the other end of that often, banking wins, like the Pirates. They're 20 and 12. They might not be great, and from here on out, they could be 500, and that would still be a pretty mm-hmm. decent season. Um, it's It works the other way, too. When you're 10 and 22, you're really banking a lot of losses right now, and can they really climb all the way out of it? The interesting thing is, 
this is the this is the rotation that they built on purpose like yeah they'd have wayno over woodford that wouldn't change much at all mm -hmm. but it's this contact heavy that uh rotation that is built on letting the defense turn their their batted balls into outs and it's just not working they don't have enough dominance the lineup has been fine it hasn't been monstrous but it's been okay it also just hasn't come through in the clutch they are 10th in average 12th in obp and 13th in ops but 21st in runs they're not cashing in when they need to compound that with the ugly pitching staff and boom you're 10 and 22 and i really don't think they're going to be able to make it all the way out it would take a miraculous run similar to what the nats did that one year when they were way down and they came all the way back but it, right now you cannot predict it it would be one of those where it's a miracle devil magic story. I mean, we always do the devil magic thing, but it would be one of those stories right now. They're already at that point where the Cardinals to come back have to go on a pretty historic run. So you're sitting in their GM's chair right now. How do you flip around? Do you call up Libertor now? Do you? I, I do. I call him. I mean, I'm going to keep trying, right? Because yep. they do have a lot of talent still, and it is at least in the cards. We do still have five months. I do think it will be remarkably difficult but I, I, I don't think you got to throw it in right now. And you don't start trading things until at least mid-June. So right now, you bring up the guys. I don't know if it's time to fire Ali Marmol. I hated the way he handled the Tyler O'Neill thing. Same. Praise in public, critique in private. Like it's just the golden rule of, of managing people. It's, it's so easy to do that. Dressing down your players as a tough power play is so pathetic. It's like the most insecure thing you can do. So... Even if a player's out of line, like I thought Baez was handled brilliantly by Hinch. Took him in the back tunnel. Yep. Everyone knew what was happening, but you didn't see him get dressed down and get embarrassed. He got taken out. He accepted it. And by the way, he's been killing. You said Baez is coming alive. You can date it right back to getting benched, by the way. I'm not Absolutely. saying that that's the cause, but since then, he's been cooking. But anyway, like that that, po that poisons the well with O'Neal. And what if he has his favorites on the team that are supporting him? So then they're against Marmol. That's just creating issues. Like I said, the rotation has been a nightmare. You can't trust Helsley or Gallegos right now. They've both had their issues. So I don't think it's a full blow up, though, because first off, what are you going to how much you're going to really train? You got the two veterans with Goldie and Arenado. I think you call up Levertor, get him in the rotation, get some measure of some dominance there. See if the other guys can get pulling in the right direction. If you can't start to get out of this 313 win percentage, then yeah, you have to start trading some pieces, but it can't be a teardown. It can only be a retool. They're too far into a window with established veteran type players that you cannot do a full teardown. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, I, I think Libertor is a start. Uh, maybe let's get him starting on Saturday. I don't even know what his schedule is like right now, but let's get him a, a start this let's week. Let's get him in the, have... in the Pulusa, yes. Right, one more uh, one more arm to add, uh, which is going to be our next topic. But before we get into Fabulous Palooza 2023 and the five players you must get this week, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take care of a little bit of business from our friends at Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy is a new is a advertiser has been with us for a few weeks now and we appreciate them a new mlb season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball rival fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played and they brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else rival fantasy games include fantasy bingo head-to-head -head player challenges and fantasy book where users can select over-unders for two to five players with games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings, of course. But if you lose your first entry, 
Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code Rotowire MLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. These uh, first time things, no matter the platform, that's where you, you have to take advantage of these to take Absolutely. advantage to, uh, to get the full value of them. So now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, our podcasts are on the Blue Wire Network. We indulge them with a couple ads. Here they are right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, it's Fabapalooza time, uh, 2023 style. The last Fabapalooza we had, eh, not so great. Uh, Keston Hira, Austin Riley, and he was good for four weeks and then not so good after that there. Um, we, had, we had some others in that. Uh, let's see. Um, you know who the gem of it was, though? was um, Cleveland. Because it was so cheap, Oscar Mercado. Yeah, he was number six of six, I think. And yeah. And, you know, he was one of those. He got the stolen bases. He wasn't even, like, a big-time prospect. No. Nicky Lopez, though. Oh. oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, there's some bad ones in there. Um, are we doing that right now? Probably. I mean, it's a pitcher one. And so, I don't know, maybe it's anecdotal. I, 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 it is, because I don't have any data on it. I feel like pitchers sometimes can be a bit more bankable in these fab blues, but I guess not. Cause you know, I spent big on Bradley. Now he's parked in the minors. I don't think it's for performance. I think they're just trying to make sure that like, they don't need him right now. They're on easy street. So they're like, let's just save his bullets. He's thrown one inning. He actually got rocked in the one start he threw down there. Um, but we have seen a bunch of pitchers come up. I will say this, all the, uh, prospect pitchers who have come up this far had like a great outing before they were able to be picked up in NFBC. I kind of like that this week's bunch, toned yep. it down a little bit and didn't have to go out and throw seven scoreless and send the prices through the roof. Gavin Stone was a bit mediocre. Louie Varland, where he's still available, didn't exactly wow anybody. I'm still interested in both, by the way. Brandon Fought, not available in the main event anywhere. He's 100% rostered, but available in plenty of other leagues. He wasn't very good. Still interested in all of those guys. So still yeah. guys you want to go out and get, but now you might actually get a reasonable price. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it is interesting that Fott was 100% rostered in the main. Um, it just means that, hey, everyone drafted him and held him this far, or someone, or someone they snapped, snapped him, him up. up right when he got dropped right the following week. Uh, but interesting. Let's let's talk a little Fott, because that was a really bad outing. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad outing against the Rangers. But I thought that was kind of a con- uh, symptom of the conditions that day. 
day game in Texas, the roof open. We saw earlier in the season Nola get rocked in an opening day against DeGrom and both got rocked. And the next day we saw um, Wheeler also get rocked. We've seen I, – I just think the conditions are tougher when it's a daytime game there. And the team. I think Texas is tough. You have to be careful starting folks against them. That park can be good uh, mm -hmm. to pitch in when the roof is closed on the airport hangar there. But like you said, roof open, hot day ball can fly with a quality team but even roof closed that team is a team i'm not dying to get my starters in against they have seager down right now which helps a little bit but other guys have filled in uh, around the guys who are star level players so i really think that you have to be careful with texas the long ball got him one of the things we've seen though with fought is that the long ball has been an issue now a lot of it we've given him a pass for his environments at double and triple a and i think that that is fair to give some uh uh you know credence right. to that and say get him off the hook a little bit, but not completely. I do think right now Brandon Fought is more control than command. Simply put, he can fill the zone and not walk too many guys, but he doesn't always put it where he wants, and that's going to leave you susceptible to home runs, particularly because he's also not super overpowering. He has a decent right. fastball, but it's really secondary stuff. So I think we need to be mindful of that. Um, definitely a must roster. I think he's a must roster in all formats because he can be good enough to really game change there, even in 10-teamers but maybe somebody that you're streaming early on. You're not necessarily, and by streaming, uh, I, I call it team streaming, where you're not gonna cut them after that. You're gonna put them on your reserve roster because you don't want other people to get a chance at them. So I'm probably team streaming fought in shallower formats, but I'm not worried about this rough start in Texas uh, in 15 teamers and beyond. Fought's going in the lineup and I'm not touching him right now. I'm giving him four or five starts before I make any sort of hard assessment one way or the other. Agreed completely. Interesting that my timeline was full of people like, I can't wait to drop them. I drop them twice if I could. Our um, fantasy community, the overreactions, one way or the other, by the way. You know, Bryce Miller is going to be the Cy Young. Brandon fought. Victory! Yeah. Is the biggest loser ever. You know, it's like, come on. But we never learn. It's just the nature of the game. And I, I, I get it. We get swept up in things. But sometimes it's, it's kind of funny to laugh at. Yeah. Home starts for his next two starts. Home against Miami and then home against San Francisco. Oh, that's, that's perfect. And keep in mind, Arizona is a good pitcher's park people yes. don't remember that it is a good pitcher's park everything you got put in there underrated too yeah as yep. a pitcher's park especially in terms of home runs uh mm -hmm. in particular suppressing home runs so we like that and especially if that is his weakness um how about miller's crossing we saw mason miller throw seven no hit innings great. we saw bryce miller have 10 k's and in six innings great game bryce miller and mason miller is obviously rostered everywhere but bryce miller he wasn't available last week now he is and he's going to be in there for a while. Robbie Ray's out for the season. The, the Mariners, even when they called up Bryce Miller, they said, all right, he's going to be in there for a while. We'll get basically a month. They, I don't know if they gave that exact language, but they implied it's going to be a long-term thing. Yeah, they said they're committing to Bryce Miller, and why not? This guy looks like he's ready. He is skipping AAA from AA, but he's 24 years old. Timelines these days say that 24 is plenty of time plus double a triple a you don't necessarily have to go to triple a to be successful so i'm not worried that he skipped triple a it'll be used as the reason that he doesn't that he isn't good if he if he ends up you know falling back a little bit i don't think it's that though it's because the big leagues are hard i think he is ready though to at least get this opportunity i like that seattle is committing to bryce miller saying hey we're going to turn him loose you have to be careful with oakland starts of course they're terrible so it is an uh, an elite start against a very crummy team you don't want to be like well this is his level of course you have to be smart and say okay he got that team at least he can get them again 
with some frequency because the uh, the schedule still is unbalanced. It's just not as unbalanced as it used to be. So hopefully he gets some more Oakland starts. But I think Bryce Miller is somebody that, uh, again, I'm consistently starting in most leagues. And at worst, I'm team streaming him. Uh, but for now, he's a set it and forget it for these first few. I want to see what Bryce Miller's like outside of maybe i mean i can't even necessarily think of one because even houston right now doesn't scare me so if i was thinking of a team in his division i think i'd be more scared of the angels than the astros right now for bryce miller but even then i think i'm just starting him and i'm seeing where he's at after five and then i'll reassess if he's a team streamer or cut or whatever yeah indeed uh and i think that's a i, I think i think you're on that there does he go for more or less or the same as tanner bybee did last week Less, I think Bybee. I think Bybee was has kind of been the consensus like top guy here. Really, just few lists had him higher. There's just some talk, you know, he's better than Al. And I, by the way, I don't disagree with that. I, I was propagating some of that myself because I believe that uh, Bybee is kind of the best of the bunch. I do think that people will be smart enough to not overrate the Oakland start for. Bryce Miller, and he'll go a bit less. Plus, people are running out of money, too. So I think you scale it down just on that factor, and he comes in a bit less than Bybee. By the way, I've whiffed on all these top starters in NFBC environment and fab. I'm just not getting them. Not Bradley's the only close. one I got. And I got. How much did you spend to get him? I got 186, and I had 177. I changed it literally last minute with the clock at 859 Central. And I, I wouldn't have won it otherwise. It was 177. Second bid was 179. So my 186 wow, jumped last you. second. And I didn't want to go over two. 186 is still a big number, but I kind of had a, a tight cap of two in my head. And I feel good about it. I still do, even though he's sent out. I think he's going to be a summer gem for me. I'm holding Bradley. Uh, the other guys were, were tough, though. Mason Miller... I like him. I think he's going to give you like a nice 100 innings, but the win potential is negative. Like it's so bad. A, because he's probably going to go four innings more often than not. And B, because he's on Oakland. So he was hard to get in on. And then I, I put competitive bids similar to my Bradley bids on the Cleveland guys, but that just wasn't getting it done. 202 was the low on uh, Bybee. And Allen did go less than that, but not much. So it was tough to get those Cleveland guys. Yeah. The only place I got Bybee was late. I got him in labor. Uh, mixed labor, which okay. bids, with the bids are due two hours after all the NFBC ones are, and uh, FSGA league that we draft started the draft live in Vegas and it finished it online. That one that, that league's weird as far as fab bidding goes. So I wouldn't read too much into that. But uh, in in labor though, there were eleven out of the fifteen teams bid, and I did twenty three. It's a hundred dollar budget, not mm -hmm. uh, not a thousand. And there were a couple of nineteens, a fifteen, a fourteen. Uh, you know, it was competitive bidding, and I also have a ghost ship of a team. There's so many injuries. <laughs> Um, so happy to, I, I had, to, I, I needed to do something bold and aggressive to shake up the team. I like um, it. Kind of, and like, I kind of like Mazeliak needs to do. Yes, he does. He absolutely needs to do. <laughs> I, I say trade Tyler O'Neill, call up Libertor. There's your two pitchers. All to right. Try to at least go. change up two fifths of the, and then you get Wayne right back. That's three fifths of it. And you see if that gets it going. Because again, I, I don't mean to reiterate that point, but you just can't, you can't flip over the table on, on the cards. Their yep. offense is kind of set as is outside of the outfield depth, which you can trade from. And then you're not going to remake the bullpen on the fly either. Yeah. You got to leave the cards on the table. You can't flip <laughs> it. You do have to leave the cards on the table. Absolutely. All right. Gavin Stone, not a great outing against the, uh, against the Phillies for the Dodgers. Um, Tough matchup, first of all. Uh, For sure. The, the tricky part here is we don't know if he's going to get another start or how long he's even in the rotation. They have a six-man rotation right now. Uh, Thor's got a 632 ERA, though, so I mean, he could be on a tight leash. 
But Stone's got to actually beat that before he displaces uh, Thor, though, I think. That, that's definitely true, and it does make it really difficult. And I think it will create some, some low prices, and I'm certainly going to be capped in where I want to go with Gavin Stone. I believe he's a talented arm, and if they committed to him, I would see myself getting into triple digits. An elite changeup for a prospect definitely gets me uh, excited. I, I, I like seeing that when they have when they have fastball command and or a ready-made changeup. Those are two things from prospect pitchers that I'm like, yo, I'm really, really interested in that. But time right now is is the question like what kind of time he's going to get to start gavin stone you mentioned thor he does suck i was hoping that they could be a reclamation project for him because i just love thor i root for him but man he just he doesn't have the spice on his pitches at all none of them the velos down the secondary stuff isn't good he is just not he, he should be called Syndergaard from now on he doesn't even get the thor nickname anymore because the fat fat thor uh, yeah yeah exactly end game there basically exactly yeah. um but then what's up with Gonsolin, right because he had that great year last year and i will say to to a t that the fantasy community was kind of out on him yeah and i think kudos to the fantasy community as a whole rarely do we all kind of pull in that same direction on a player that like yeah we probably should be out on and don't pay face value for 214 ERA 087 whip because we knew it wasn't going to last. He's been off to a rough start. Injuries have always been a problem. Maybe he's better off in the bullpen. Two, three innings. Maybe it's a thor Gonsolin tandem that you go with and then you get Gavin Stone in right now and you let him do his thing. I wonder if three innings from both of them would be would be better. Maybe. Um, but I'll say this. Gonsolin's made two starts and he skipped his last rehab start to get back into that rotation because they had a need. So yep. he's kind of coming. I think, like we were saying with Verlander earlier, it's, this is it's spring, spring training, yeah. spring training plus, except it counts. Um, I then again, he also we kind of knew. I mean, like you said, the fantasy community was on this. He what he, he was clearly pitching to you know a better defense behind him last year than he had this year, mm-hmm. with the shifting abilities uh, exactly. maximized, um, and ran the gamut of good luck as well, um, and all those things. There was going to be a correction there. It's probably not as bad as it is right now. Um, That's true. That, I, I don't want to imply that he's going to carry a negative strikeout minus walk. He's he's the better of the two between Gonsolin and Thor. I think Gonsolin's the better of the two. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe give him four innings and then two to three for Thor. But I think maybe tandeming those two. I don't know if tandeming is a word, but putting those two now. in a tandem. Oh, it is, yeah, mm-hmm. it is now. But, but maybe putting those two together so that you can use Stone regularly. Maybe that is the move because, you know. I'm not worried about them either. I mean, they're leading their division. They're 19 and 13. We're acting like they suck, by the way. The way you hear people talk about the Dodgers, you yeah. would think that they are 13 and 19 and not leading their division by a game and a half. But So I'm not really worried about them um, just because they don't have a lineup that runs like 12 players deep, and instead it's like six, seven players deep this year. But the starting pitching does not have the depth of yesteryear. Outside of Kershaw, who do you really trust? And uh, Urias, who do you trust day in, day out? Not and also has some flaws as well. By the exactly. Way. He's not without his. So I think they need to find a way to get stone in. And then eventually Bobby Miller down the line. Yeah. I, I think you really want to commit and to Pepeo Kershaw. still too. Once yeah. Pepeo's got eventually crazy recovers. stuff. I think yeah. he's at least a late inning reliever, if not something more. So I don't like him as a late inning reliever because he can't throw a strike. But... That's also scary, right? Because that's how yeah. you blow a game very easily is all of a sudden you rock, walk the bases loaded and now a single, you know, loses the ball game. So that, that's a fair point too, but he has nasty stuff. And that's what I'm trying to convey with Pepeo. So, I don't know. With Gavin Stone, you got to be careful on these bids, though, because he could be down next week for a month. You, you just don't could know. Could get skipped. Yep. 
very yep. easily. And I will say this. It is probably better that he had a crummy start, though, because if he'd had a great start, people would probably bid thinking, well, he had a great start. He's going to stay up. And I don't think that I don't think how long he stays up is dependent on that start. I don't think that the crummy start means that he's more likely to be sent down. I think Gavin Stone, it was a one-off start, and they're going to assess it whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. So this is probably going to protect people from themselves with the Gavin Stone bids. Yeah, so we won't necessarily romance the stone, but, uh, you know, we will go ahead and That's go after one. him there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I thought we were going to skip stones earlier. Yeah, the Do- oh, nice. I like that there. The Dodgers are playing the long game, too. I think yes, that's the other thing. Um, they're, they, the, like, Kershaw is going to get that extra day of rest when we can give it to him. 100%. You know, I think the, that, they're, that's the, uh, they're the Spurs when the Spurs were good. Yep. They're same with May, by the way. Right. Dustin May is going to get the same treatment, kid gloves treatment there. So, And they're back-to-back, so... If you can give them those extra days, they're going to do it. So yep. I, 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 yeah. So we're look, I'm looking at our projected starters grid, and you know they have t- off day today, they have off day next Thursday. Perfect setup there for six six starters and go off you go. So there mm-hmm. you go. Um, we we teased it earlier. Matt Mervis getting the call. Uh, they announced it during the game today in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, Cubs blew a game again. Well, actually they caught up and then they lost, so they didn't yeah. actually blow it this time. But they got swept by the. Nats. By the Nats, the Nats, and they lost six of seven of the Nats and Marlins on this road trip after being a feel good story prior to that. Yep. Yeah, Eric Hosmer bunted in the ninth inning the other day. That was like my sign. Okay, this, this, just stop. Just stop the madness. I, I, I can't stand him. I really yeah. can't. Yeah, it, it's easy to hate on him, but uh, and, and don't feel too sorry for him because you can cry him to sleep on it on his like money filled pillow, so he'll be fine. But yeah, he, he's fine, and he'll probably latch on with another team if they do decide to get rid of him because he makes nothing, right? He's on a yeah. min deal because everyone else is paying the big contract. But with Mervis coming up, we we fell in love with him. A bunch of us at, at the Arizona Fall League, uh, first pitch Arizona, seeing him out there just crushing, and then. The like next five roster moves that the Cubs did all further blocked him. It was Hosmer, then Bellinger, although Bellinger plays the outfield, so that one wasn't as bad. But then Mancini, who I do like, but it's like that was their third guy who can ostensibly play first and block off Mervis. Why do they hate Matt Mervis? I don't get it. Um, I understand maybe having one of those guys, like Bellinger made sense. Start him in the outfield if things go awry with Mervis bring Bellinger back to first base and then you can put somebody else in the outfield or whatever like you can finagle your way around it if you're not trying to put all the pressure on the rookie but Mm -hmm. what about Matt Mervis suggests that he can't handle playing for a Cubs team that doesn't really have eyes on contention they want to be better this year but like they're not a team that has to have every piece pristine and ready to for a playoff run they could have given him 600 plate appearances and just turned Matt Mervis loose I think they botched this one better late than never. And I am very interested though, because I do think we haven't had many great hitters come up this year as far as prospects. And this could be a game changer, particularly with his power and excellent, excellent plate skills. That was my, on my list of comments is yeah, this is finally a hitter to bid on there that we're excited about there. Uh, and he might even be rostered in a lot of places. I haven't even True. checked that. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll I... check it right now. I All right, you. cool. Yeah. Um, in the main, I bet you he is rostered in a few places just because Hey, uh, you know, but there are there are people who believe in stashing. Um, mm-hmm. It'll probably be low. But, Ooh, uh, actually, I can't check because he's not rostered in mine, which means there's no way for me to find him. Huh, so he kind of has to be rostered in one of yours, right? Or else there's no. So go to like a draft champions league or something like that. Okay. And do that. I bet you you could find it that way. But how do uh, I find his main rostering then? Oh, that's what, what I was trying to. Find. I don't know. That's a good question, but uh, I, I, 
Yeah. Um, he's, he's definitely rostered in some. Some people kept him, and then some other pro- others probably had him drafted and cut, so where he'll be on their waiver wire. But in my main, I, I shoot, I, I search Mervis, and it's nowhere to be found. Okay, I see it. It's seventeen percent rostered in the main, zero percent rostered in the or zero percent started. That's it. Okay, so 17... super available. Yes, mega available. Um, that'll be fun. I'm Let's gonna be going fun. for him. Um, again, I think this is a power bat that can really make some noise. Could even be a batting average guy. You never know when these sluggers come up. He's had good batting averages coming up. And like I said, brilliant plate skills. Does not strike out for a slugger. Takes his walks. Mervis could be a real game changer hitting like a 270 plus, which is great off the waiver wire. Like there are upsides of like, you know, 290 plus if things really pop up, but that's not your expectation. I think we could see 260s, 270s with a bunch of power from Mervis. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I agree. It's 11% rostered in the online championship, by the way. So okay. 12 teamer. So at least in a $350 one, I didn't do it. The other searches there star platinum makes a good point. Don't forget about Christopher Morrell uh, has great stats. Killing it. Produced at a certain level for the Cubs last year. Mm-hmm. And for reasons, isn't getting a chance for the Cubs either. I, That's the thing that I don't get. So he is still striking out way too much. 28% with a 15% swinging strike, yeah. which says he hasn't really addressed his biggest issue. But if they're expecting a 24-year-old Christopher Morel to just miraculously fix that, they're barking up the wrong tree. So they're kind of, I know we talk about bullets in terms of like pitchers throwing, you know, don't waste your bullets in the minors, but don't waste his good hitting in AAA. Let him play on the major league club, even if he's a super util. I thought it was weird that he didn't make the club and weird that they're just letting him put up a f- 530 Woba weighted on base average, 1281 OPS if you prefer OPS. Whatever it is, it's all amazing. Why are they letting him waste away in AAA? He's 24 years old. Let him play in the big leagues. He's not going to get any better in AAA. But you got Mendick. You've got. Oh, yeah. You've got uh, uh, who is it? Rios. You know he's got to be. Oh yeah, you got to. You got Luis Torrens carrying a third catcher spot there for them. Uh, But you know it's all right. The Cubs are fine. I mean they've only lost three out of. I mean they've only won three out of their last ten. The whole division (laughs) is on it. The the NL Central right now collectively is on a eighteen game losing streak. The, the yeah, Reds, the Pirates aren't even holding them up because they just lost the, the Reds Rays. won on Tuesday night in extra innings. That's the only win for the division this week. Oh, my God. That is brutal. The Pirates have lost four in a row. The Brewers blew a 4 nothing lead today and have lost four in a row. The Cubs have lost three in a row. The Cardinals, six in a row. And the Reds, one in a row. So what the Reds, juggernaut man. in that division right now. In the, uh, Yeah, the absolute juggernaut of the Reds. Like, there's <laughs> talent sprinkled throughout that division. But the more and more, you know, you see these teams underperforming behind the Pirates, the more and more mm-hmm. it lends credence to them maybe being able to stick around. Now, I don't fully believe in them. I think that they're probably this year's Orioles where they stick around for a while, but in the end they, they come up short. But not if nobody comes and catches them. The tough part of the Orioles is that they were staying competitive in a remarkably difficult division so far the pirates haven't had to do that so it does suggest that maybe they'll have a better opportunity to actually fight for these playoffs and get in and i i would love that i'm pro the pirates doing well i i can't stand their owner but for their fans and their players i'm totally here for it yeah exactly exactly i mean i, I just you don't want them to say well we can we're the new rays i mean the rays are actually I root for the Rays. You know, I, I'm friends with Jason Gray. I, I, mm-hmm. Jason Collette is a huge Rays guy. Uh, I want them to do well. Uh, I also 
don't want teams to emulate them though. Exactly. It's that it, I'm torn on it too. Yeah. Because other teams see, well, they win with nine cents. So here's 11 cents. I'm giving you way more than them. Yeah. Now exactly. go win. And it's like, well, it's not just that they do. The things. Rays also have 45 uh, front off analytics people in their uh, people in their analytics department. The Reds have like two. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and, and our two teams both have a combined four. Yeah. And, and there was a news, there was an article in the Cincinnati Inquirer, like giving hope. There was a Rays were coming to town. Like the Reds are hoping that the uh, that they can be the, like the Rays. The Rays are giving them inspiration. They're not anything like the Rays. Literally nothing like them. I do have yeah. hope. I will say for my front office, uh, a Tigers fan, for those that don't know, with Scott Harris and company, the only downside of that is that we kind of reset the counter to zero from mm-hmm. the Avila uh, situation. Whereas Avila, you know, his uh, rebuild didn't work. So now we have to go back to zero, but at least he believes in analytics and we're going to have an analytics team for the Tigers. But I feel for you as a, a Reds guy, because their, their ownership makes it clear that they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And they, they did for a while and, and they yeah. had the driveline guy in the, in their front mm-hmm. office. And if you look there, there's just been improvement among their pitching prospects, but then he left they blew it uh, up after 20. Sorry to interrupt you, but they blew it up after 20. And that pissed me off. Cause that was yeah. a good team. Yeah, exactly. They tried winning for a year and a half and decided it didn't take. And they just blew it up. <sighs> Unbelievable. I mean, trade, they gave away Iglesias. They, 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 they said, Oh, we're going to use that to improve our situation at shortstop. They didn't. They mm-hmm. lied. Um, Dick Williams got booted upward. He didn't, he no longer made the, you know, a lot of decisions on that team. That was kind of a sign. Dick Williams was actually a good front office guy. I he, he, re- he really was. Yeah. That, and they just, they've just let it go. They still have a lot of talent. They're, I like a lot of their hitters. I like green and Lodolo Ashcraft. Um, there's some interesting players in their bullpen, not enough good bullpen guys, but they just, I don't think that their direction, uh, the guy at the helm is, is the right situation right now, but they have talent and it's being wasted. Unfortunately, it is. It is indeed. <laughs> Uh, let's talk one other uh, possible pickup guy. I, don't, I think this will be another big bid in a lot of leagues. Is Jason Adam? He's available mm-hmm. only in fifteen percent of main le- main event leagues, but like forty five percent in the twelve team RotoWire Online Championship. Check your leagues to see if that applies to Yahoo and ESPN. I bet you he's even lower rostered. It would be my guess. Uh, Pete Fairbanks on the IL. Adam has picked up two saves. It looked ugly today, but that's also in part because he had an error behind him that extended his outing there. I think Adams, Jason, not Adam, but not Adams, but Adam, just mm-hmm. uh, singular. Um, he's worth looking at too because he's always had good stuff. You know, he's on the WBC. He has to be good. But yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, he looked amazing last year. Had really good skills to take a lot of pride in. He came out, put up a twenty-five percent strikeout minus walk rate. That's incredible. Did have eight saves, so he's done it a little bit. Uh-huh. I think he's going to be the go-to guy here. There is a bit of a myth of like the Rays never commit to a guy. If they have a guy who's worth committing to, they will. If Fairbanks could have stayed healthy, I feel like he would have been the A guy. Now, just because you're an A guy with uh, Tampa Bay doesn't mean you get every save opportunity. There might be a time in the eighth inning when three, four, five is coming up and they want you then. But it means you get the bulk of the saves. They've had plenty of that when they have guys they can trust. I think with Fairbanks down and Adam in, uh, at the helm, if he's not pitching, if he's pitching well in the way he did last year and so far this year, he will be the A guy. This is the first real closer that we've had come out on the wire. And like you said, not super available in the main, but in your 12s and lower, that's where you can get some saves, Jason Adam. And obviously it's an amazing team. And even if he's sharing, you still want anybody who's getting saves on the best team in the league because they're always going to have the most opportunities. Absolutely true. Um, and something to watch for. Um, Garrett Clevenger might be the left-handed option, but he was 
part of complicit in that Sunday blow up against the White Sox. Yes, there. he was. Um, he he didn't get retire a batter. He gave up two hits, a big home run in that one. I think he he's the one that gave it up to Vaughn, right? That's right. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and Adam was not. No, you know, Adam pitched. Adam pitched the eighth in that game. Interesting. Um, and that one. So it was Beeks and Clevenger that were the ones that blew it in the ninth. Uh, for what yeah, it's the two, worth, there. the two lefties got smoked. Yep. And and that's that, that's how that one went. Uh, Kelly, Poche, and Adam were were clean. Uh, Poche even gave up a run too. All the lefties, the White Sox loved seeing each lefty come in in that game. Yeah, because they are an extremely right-handed lineup too. That's so that true. Makes sense. Their best players are righties. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees are the other team I don't want to talk about closer-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Michael King get a save on Tuesday, the day after Clay Holmes blew a save. Holmes did get a uh, vote of confidence. The then he came in and right? gave up another run yesterday. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit nerve-wracking right now. The old dreaded vote of confidence. I know it's kind of a meme, but it's like if, when you get that, you feel like you have a target on your back and that uh, it's not necessarily going to go well. I'm definitely picking up Michael King. That's the guy I'm going for there. I don't know if I'm specking beyond that. I guess sometimes you do have to just go. You know, feel like you don't have the money or you don't want to put out the money. You go for a Ron Marinaccio or a Juan Di Peralta as the lefty guy. But if you're really trying to get the saves, I think you got to go for King. Got the save on Tuesday, like you mentioned. Um, and he's a really good pitcher. Health has really been the only thing that's been able to slow down Michael King. Mm-hmm. They're not fully away from Holmes, so I'm definitely more Adam than King. But if you go for a big bid on Adam and it comes up short, a supplemental bid on King might be the way to go. And I'm not too worried about the Yankees. We're talking about some of the quality teams that we're not worried about. I know things haven't gone their way, but they're in last place at 17 and 15. The, the Cardinals would kill for that. Yeah, so right. I'm not worried about them. They're just in a tough division. They're, they're they're still a pretty good team. I don't love them. I didn't pick them to win the division, but I don't think they're bad either. Yeah, so he's available in one of my three main event leagues, Michael King is. Uh, he was Michael King was in our waterfall uh, in all of our leagues, but we didn't get him. And I wish would have had the foresight to go a little bit more that aggressively nice. him. Because now he's going to be a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit 74. Uh, he's rostered in 74% of main event leagues, 40, 42% rostered in the online championship. So um, who are you bidding more on, Jason Adam or Michael King? I'm definitely going to go harder on Adam. I got to because, yep. uh, again, I really think he's more of the, the the A guy, especially because Holmes is still there and Fairbanks is on the IL with the Raynaud syndrome returning. So you definitely want to go um, Jason Adam. He's 85%, so he's not as available, but he is available in my league, so maybe I will take a look at that. And then King, you put a decent bid, but probably two-thirds to maybe even half the bid that you're putting on Adam. Me, that's where I'm at personally with them. Yep, indeed, indeed. So, okay, um, I... I I like that. Um, I I think it's too late to go after Ezekiel Duran on the Rangers, but if he's available, how interested are you in her, him as just uh, a hitter? I'm interested enough that I picked him up last week. And yeah. so 96% rostered, so I'm talking like two main events, so you're looking at 12s and below. And then at that point, I don't think he's as – he's definitely a 15-team guy, Ezekiel Duran, right now. He might play himself in a 12-team, 10-team viability, but right now he's more fringe in a 12 and not even really considerable in a 10 just yet. But the dude can hit, and they've already said that they're going to move him to the outfield when Seager gets back because they want his bat in the lineup, and he's just cooking right now. Is the 408 Babbitt going to last all year? Absolutely not. not. Yeah. But – Power and speed. I know he doesn't take walks. He has like two on the year, maybe even just one. But they're going to keep a guy in like this in the lineup because he's he's delivering right now. And when it smooths out, we can figure out what to do then. But right now, Ezekiel Duran is a pickup in deeper formats for sure. Hart Foundation asks, how about Jose Siri on the Rays? Uh, he was hurt for a while. Now he's back. 
some speed, some uh, not some speed, lots of speed, some power. Playing time's obviously a concern with that crowded Rays outfield, especially now that Josh Lowe is a thing. Yes. But I will say, Siri is somebody that they seem pretty committed to. They do want to give him a shot, and being able to play center field and a good center field at that does help him. He's going to be super volatile, though. Jose Siri does have power speed, but a 33% K rate in his career with just a 6% walk rate. That's going to breed those, you know, one for 28s. But then when he's yeah. dialed in, you're talking two homers, five steals in a week type of stuff is possible. So I do like him. He's worth going for. Again, I think it's 15 teams right now, maybe some 12s, depending on where your team is at but for the most part you're looking deeper formats with jose siri yep uh star platinum ass uh you know we were talking about michael king earlier would you prefer him or jackson on oakland now that Uris familia is no longer part of the family yeah, I, I got to go with uh, King just on the better team. I know Jackson yeah. might be the guy, but they're just so bad. And it, no matter what the analysis is, I know sometimes we try to convince ourselves, well, the crappy teams play closer games, so their wins are more save opportunities. The data is un, uh, undisputed. The best teams the, get the most save ops, 100%. Yeah. So I got to go King. Yeah. Uh, do you have any Kevin Gossman in your life? I don't. Is his bet? Oh, wow, it's 6 nothing. I have this on. I hadn't even looked over at it. Yeah, I, I saw the quote from Star uh, from Mr. Grouch saying Gossman getting hit around by the Sox. Six nothing in the second. This is the second time. You know, Gossman's been amazing for like four outings and had mm-hmm. one hideous outing, and now he's had his second his hideous outing. Uh I do Babip again. Yeah. It you know, is he that, that huge Babip last year, and we all thought it would regress, but like he's getting hit around. This is seven hits in an inning in a third right now. Uh, yep. Does he even have oh, inning and two thirds? So I don't know. There's something about where he becomes hittable. I don't know if it's the splitter or the fastball. If it's the splitter, it's probably hanging and he's not getting down on it enough. And then if it's the fastball, then it might just be a fastball that doesn't have enough life. He looks amazing. You know, like you said, eight out of 10 times, but those two can spoil the eight sometimes. Like that's how, that's how frustrating negative outings are in a six run outing and in two innings of work right now, we'll see how much more he gets that those are scary. And he just allowed an infield single here, so he's going to have to keep going. It's still an inning and two-thirds. Yeah, I, I agreed. Um, and I don't know. I, I Yeah, I, I remember when he got called up. We all had Gauss mania, you know. Absolutely. Through, through 98 at LSU for the Orioles, like their big hope and all that. And then he got and Orioles. It took forever for yeah. him to really figure things out to the point where when he went to San Francisco, I'd already moved on. I was like, they should use him as their closer. I don't know why he's even starting. He had that great mm-hmm. run with y'all in 19 out of the bullpen. I was like, that's his role. Let Gosman be a super uh, reliever <sighs> with two inning stints or closer. San Francisco fixed him, and now he's an ace here at age tw- yeah, starting at age 29 back in 2020 through age 32. But this Babbitt thing has become a problem, and I think we're at a point here 200-plus innings in where we can't just say it's been unlucky. Yeah, a little bit. I I just saw a little bit where he just gave up an infield hit. So there, I mean, there's that, a little bit that of that. That one's there. unlucky. Yeah. yeah. Wrong time to say that because that one's definitely bad luck. Yeah. But a lot of times last year, you know, I was doing the analysis because he, he led the league in Babbitt and Gosman was giving up just a lot of well-struck balls yeah. in spurts, though. So, again, his stuff leaves him for periods of time, but then he gets it back and dominates for four stars. You're like, okay, this is the ace that I know and love. So it's tough, but what? there's nothing actionable here, right? You're never benching Gosman. I'm not. Oh, of course not. Of course. So not. that's the tough it's, part. It's about trades. Really yeah. only that. Yeah. Trades, um, trades and trades only. 
Yeah. Maybe go trade for him right now because maybe just Fenway Park. It's been a bat. You know, the Red Sox in Fenway. Uh, it's a it's an avoid almost at this point. Oh, absolutely. They they've been tough. You know, I, I don't I didn't see much of them as a team overall, mainly due to their pitching. But their hitting is is right scary. I mean, they're eighteen and fourteen. You do not want to mess with that lineup, and they don't even have all the cylinders clicking over there. But they've got enough of them that you need to be careful with that Red Sox lineup. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so we'll see about that. Uh, I want to rip through a couple of uh, a, a couple of other news and notes before we sign off, and we'll hit some questions at the very end as well, if there are any more remaining. Uh, Braves. Michael Harris didn't play today. Didn't look good at the time when he uh, tweaked his knee. They said he was available as a, as a replacement today, but yeah, after the extended absence he had last time, like ugh, that's 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 Vegas, Maine. That's part of the seven hundred club team. Um, you know, I took him in the third because I need stolen bases. Yeah, I'll take him. <sighs> Nerve wracking. Yeah. It's really nerve wracking right now because he's not playing, right? It's one thing if they're playing and struggling and you're just like kind of sitting with him to try to get through it. But if he's hurt, then obviously you have to you have to do something there. As far as the replacements there, you know, I doubt you're trying to get Kevin Pillar. He's not going to fill that need. I like what Sam Hilliard can do, power, speed, but he's like Siri, where he strikes out so much that it makes mm-hmm. him so, so super volatile. So I think you just got to ride it out with Harris. At least you paid third round. I didn't like the the paying for him at the turn or the second round firm price but at least you got a little bit of a discount in the third round there he's super super skilled uh, it's just a thing of now they're moving him down the lineup too he's batting in the lower third when he got back and that's kind of a bummer because at the top of the lineup he doesn't even have to be like as good as he was last year to still deliver a ton of talent bottom line though if harris is in you got to play him you just got to hope that this isn't a long-term issue exactly right so uh we'll, we'll watch on that one Kyle Wright, same team, 700 Club. Uh, took him oh, right after the first really? break. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's been a hell of a week, dude. I uh, lost Luis Garcia after eight pitches this week, same team. Uh, I had another guy just get strafed, um, which is just as bad. But, I mean, that, that's why you get despondent. You see stuff like yes. that. Uh, it's just never ending. And I, I don't see any – this could be – cut zone for Kyle. I, I think so. Yeah, I think I think we're in we're in that zone right now where we're assessing whether or not this is just a lost season for Kyle Wright. And I think I, I think it's tracking that way. I don't want to be too overreactive. And obviously I'm not going to do anything until they say he's he's done for an extended period of time. But he's already back on the IL, right shoulder inflammation, started the season injured, has had injury issues throughout his career. This is nerve wracking uh with Kyle Wright and I don't need, know that it's going to be particularly favorable right now. So if you have him on a team, as you do on the 700 Club Ball Club, I think it's time to start looking a little bit harder at those prospects. And by the way, can we throw in one more guy just real fast? Don't sleep on Louis Varland. He did not have a great first outing that we're right. all kind of looking forward to. He's not super available in the main. So again, we're looking uh, OC and, and shower leagues like that. But I think he's somebody to go ahead and get, yeah, 0% available in the main. But 12 teamers, I think Louis Varland is viable, and he can be your Kyle Wright solution too if you don't get one of the big time prospects. Minnesota does great things with their pitchers. I think he's the next one to kind of be a, a, a change d- development project for them. Uh, agreed. Um, now, as Scott and, uh, and Ryan Bloomfield were talking on Sunday night when I got pipped out of the Sunday night podcast, not coming to a podcast near you, apparently. No, just kidding. Uh, but they were talking about it wasn't just that Varlin got picked up. Ever he got picked up for reasonable fab currency, like sixty seventy for uh, sixty seventy dollars a fab at a thousand dollar budget. Um, so 
you know, he, he was a guy that, uh, you know, was really, you know, the sharp, it was the sharps were all over Varlin. Uh, we'll see if they can be patient throughout this year, but, uh, I believe in his skills. He, he, yeah. remember he had a good, good outing at the end of the year last year as well. He was definitely a, a sharps type of play getting in on him early here. And now he's in the rotation with Molly down. And uh, I think he's going to be really interesting. I really like Bailey Ober there as well. Another Not guy that Ober. I think they got two guys here that they're just going to plug in. And I don't think they're going to necessarily miss a beat, even though they're missing some pretty good pieces. Agreed. Agreed. I, I love Bailey Ober. I hate that. I dropped him in AL tout. Uh, so oh. stupid. And then and then missed out on the bidding by that much coming back. So oh, uh, that makes it worse. At no, least if he got blown out of the water, you could say, "Oh well, I tried, but I couldn't yeah. get him." That's the league where I lost Jeffrey Spring, so that was super fun. Oh, um, man. Yeah, yeah, good times. And I'm waiting for Bradley to get called back up. It's it, there's all sorts of stuff where I'm like, "Oh, come on, guys, let's get it together here." Um, one other Braves note: Ronald Acuna fouled a ball off his knee, uh, and it's been a tough week physically for him. Ooh. Uh, so watch to see if that, if anything uh, becomes of that, because, uh, obviously just the best player in the game right now, fantasy. Oh my gosh. So amazing. Love him. Obviously you're hoping that there's, there's nothing to worry about there, but what an absolute stud. Yeah. So Acuna did leave late in that game uh, Mm -hmm. for what it is worth. Did get Uh, another stolen base though. Yeah, he did. He did just to kind of rub it in their face a little bit, but then he uh, left. Uh, so something to watch for there. Matt Olson did Homer against AJ puck in that one. That a boy, Matt. Love that. Lefty, lefty action. Dude. Matt Olson's swing is one of my favorite swings to watch in the game. I love game. him. I love yeah. him. He's, he's, he's so good. You know, not much for the batting average, kind of in a classic old school slugger with the big OBP, but so much power. He's just incredible. Yeah, it's just a sweet lefty swing. I love seeing that. Mm-hmm. Nelson Gorman left. Uh, Nolan Gorman, even, Nolan. Uh, left uh, today's game with a back issue, and it's something he's dealt with before, but they also said because he's dealt with it before, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we take them at their word right now, and we'll just see what's up. Obviously, if you're in a weekly league, can't do anything about it right now anyway. Got to check to see if he's in the lineup tomorrow night and Friday if you're playing NFBC with the split week and see if you want to put him in for the Friday uh, through Sunday lineup. But right now, I'm not too worried about it, and we'll kind of assess when we get more news. Ricky Tiedemann uh, m- won't be one of the pitching prospects we're going to see uh, this week or anytime soon, it looks like. Left today's start with an injury. Oh, no. See, he was one of those summer ones that people were hoping he could come up and be major. Now, he's pretty young, so I was always a little bit skeptical on, like, is he actually going to come up? I mean, he's in double-A. We just saw Bryce Miller skip double-A, but he's four years older. I thought that Tiedemann was going to take the kind of the classic half the season at double-A, then go to triple-A, and then if he's really ready in triple-A, then maybe it could be a late-season call-up. He is electric. Let's just hope it's nothing major, but... That really sucks that he got hurt. I actually missed that he got hurt today. Yeah, it just happened today, this afternoon. So bad news there. All right, let's uh, blow through some of these questions if we didn't get them already. And if we don't get them uh, here, uh, apologies, but hit us up on Twitter. We'll be happy to answer your questions otherwise. Uh, Lanny asked, drop Springer from Rivas right now. Uh, Would I be able to trade George Foreman two weeks? Probably not. Yes, you would. Uh, Don't drop Springer. Do not drop him at all. You You have a better cut. You definitely have a better cut, Lanny. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is definitely don't do the panic thing. Uh, just uh, we're we're lamenting our poor starts. And Penguin says I'm in first because I start with Connor Joe. I saw a tweet from uh, Vlad Settler. Connor Joe is one of six players that's got a, a over 300 ISO so far. All it took was getting out of cores. Apparently, that's incredible. I know, and I actually liked him in cores. I was caping for Connor yeah. Joe in cores last year, thinking like, hey, he's a quality hitter, a lot of contact, he can maximize that park, and he was kind of bland. And now this year, four homers, two steals, and a uh, nine eighty eight OPS thus far. That's bananas. Yeah, totally bananas there. So appreciate that. Uh, 
George Kirby comment, I only struck out two today against the A's, did go seven innings. But yeah, Kirby hasn't been that guy that we were drafting this year. Not that we that we were expecting to get when we draft we kept on pushing him up. You know, I love George Kirby and the in the Kirby Gilbert debate, I thought that the Gilbert hate went a little bit too far to quote the uh, the old ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast. Um, and I didn't quite understand it. The the knock on both was they don't have a, a classic swing and miss pitch, and that is true. But Kirby's hasn't developed anymore, whereas at least Gilbert's missing more bats. He's got a 30% K rate right now. So I kind of pivoted late closer toward Gilbert because he was getting a discount. I like Kirby, but as his price rose and Gilbert stayed the same or dropped, I ended up on Gilbert a little bit more because I thought they were, I think they're 1A, 1B. So if, if, if one's going to be cheaper than the other by a significant margin, I'm just going to take the cheaper one. Indeed, indeed. Um, I think Scott Jensen moves markets because he said that he was kind of fading Gilbert. And after that, I think everybody jumped on board. So that's well, what I appreciate it. Thank you for the discount, Scott. Yeah. Uh, James says Max Scherzer or Alec Manoa the rest of the season. Oof. Um, it's going to be Scherzer for me. I'm not super worried about Manoa, but I'm, so I'm just going to go with my early season, my, my draft season read. A month has not changed it. And it was Scherzer over Manoa then. I'm still there. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, yeah. Uh, watching uh, Manoa yesterday get babbipped, and he clearly wasn't the same after he got that hit by tough. that comebacker. That was a tough one there. Um, so uh, that 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 was brutal. Um, scrolling down here, pa- apologize for that. It makes really good uh, things. Uh, Ted, Uncle Ted mentions Dane Dunning. I wanted to talk about Dane Dunning for a little bit there because remember he was uh, the big part of the Lance Lynn deal at one point mm-hmm. in time. Yeah, they're kind of using him in, in tandem a little bit. He's not a full time starter, but with the Grom out. Dunning maybe gets more of a chance to uh, start for a while. And I think he's actually pretty good. Um, I just don't know the role that he has, but I like his skills. Yeah, I I tend to like Dane Dunning a bit uh, myself. And I do think that if he is committed to being started, then 15 teams for sure. And then you kind of look at it in 12s and and decide, you know, do I need a pitcher right now? And I didn't get all the studs. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could spot start him. I would definitely be streaming Dunning more in the shallower format. But in a 15, I think if if he was committed to a role... I'd be wanting to start him. You know, I'm looking at the Rotowire uh, projected starters page, which is excellent. And right now, y'all got him penciled in for a two-step next week at Seattle and at Oakland, but it, it's not bolded, so there's no commitment to that yet. But that would be nice. I would pick that up all day and go for that just for the at Oakland, not to mention the fact that Seattle has not hit all that well. They're not terribly scary. So I would sign up for that. Keep Dane Dunning on your deep league radar. We're notoriously shy of commitment. So I, I, I get that there. <laughs> that and, uh, you know, they had five day, They have five games this week. They were off Monday exactly. off Thursday, so they can do a lot of different maneuvering here. Frederick, who I want to know, of Riley, you know, Austin Riley, Ty France, uh, Beatty, keep one, trade two at current at highest current trade. Riley's value. not in that combo. He's, yeah. he's so far above them. It's although you could get a mint for him. Maybe that's true. I mean, I guess if you like, if you're trying to get an ace or something, then sure, consider trading. I guess you're not saying cut, so never mind. That's fair to include him. If you want to get a mint, Riley should give you your biggest return. Um, so yeah, maybe it is worth saying trade Riley. And then between France and Beatty, I am pretty even on them. I think Beatty's more power, France is more average. So which of the two do you, you know, what do you need more on your team? I would kind of let that dictate. But yeah, maybe I would trade Riley because he would get so much. Star Platinum wants to know how you handicap the Colorado closer situation. Uh, is it Pierce Johnson, who now that Daniel Bard's back? Um, Johnson pitched today. I think he came in with a 9-4 lead in the ninth, but Bard pitched the seventh yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is fluid. Yes. Yeah. Completely fluid. 
And there's not gonna be that many wins anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I know if you're turning over every rock for saves, you care. So I don't want to dismiss people that are interested in this. I think Johnson's a hold right now or a pickup if you're trying to get a few saves. I don't think they're just gonna turn it over to Bard. They're gonna ease him back in. You know, they want to make sure that they're taking care of him and uh, let him ease back into things to where he's comfortable. So I don't think he's immediately the guy. I'm fine picking up Johnson if you want to try to snake a couple saves. Brooklyn's Bobby's card rips uh, took took issue with her Gonsolin, Tony Gonsolin con uh, conversation. Career two fifty three RA one one point zero zero whip after five seasons. No, we don't think he's a scrub. I Correct. just think there is a correction uh, after what he did last year, and then uh, on top of that, the the circumstances aren't the same. Um, the defense is nowhere near as good as it was last year. You had Trey Turner at shortstop. You had a real second baseman. Vargas, for all the things he is, is not a good second baseman. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have the shift. There's a lot of things, you know, at least the aggressive shifting. You have shift limitations. Uh, and he doesn't strike batters out compared to other pitchers. That's why and I think people were talking about discounting him. And before last year, it was 40, 47, and 56 innings. And 411 Sierra skill interactive ERA, which is a, you know on the ERA scale like a FIP 352 mm -hmm. FIP. So the FIP's better than the Sierra, but the bottom line is neither are anywhere near 253, meaning that he has maximized his environment. That environment has changed, as Jeff outlined. That's our concern with him. And how much can you rely on him? That the volume total is weak. Even his breakout year last year didn't qualify for the ERA title. So that's all we were saying. He's not a scrub. He's a quality pitcher. But I think. Four innings of Gonsolin, two of Thor. I think that would make a lot of sense for them to keep Stone in the rotation, too. Alan Sislowski says to smash that like button. Appreciate you guys. It's, and, and let me know and Paul know. Not just yes. me. Yeah. Hit that like button for Appreciate us. Appreciate you guys on that one there. Uh, Mateo and Ashcraft for Scherzer, Victor Garcia is asking. I don't know. Uh, which side for the rest of the season would you prefer? 12 teams. I think you're trying to consolidate talent and 12 teamers. I think this is a Scherzer buy low opportunity here. No shot you were getting this opening day. I'm taking Scherzer here. All right. Indeed. This is a true buy low. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on that comment. Having traded for Mateo in one league, I, I had a choice of train trading Giolito or Luzardo for uh, Mateo and okay. labor. Um, I chose trading Giolito. Of course, Giolito's been much better lately, and Luzardo's yeah. kind of slowed down lately. So uh, I would have made the same decision if, yeah. if, if, if it matters to you at all. I would have made the same decision. I think that's a fair trade either way. Mateo has made some tangible changes that look good. I was not in on Mateo this year based on the hitter he was last year, which was a very bad hitter. I didn't want any peace. He has improved himself. Hats off to him because these improvements, if, if even a bit of them stick, he doesn't have to stay at exactly this level, but if even if a bit of it sticks... He's a fantasy superstar, and he's going to be this year's like Jonathan VR from when he had like the 17 and 62 steal season. Exactly. Hey, I told Paul that we'd be on for 45, 50 minutes, and now it's been 65 to, 60 to 70, and he's got a hungry dog waiting. So we're going to let him go now. Uh, Paul, thank you so much. I had a blast talking baseball with you, as always. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for joining us today. Jeff, it's always great talking with you, and we got to do a home and home. I'll have you on the sleeper in the bus very soon. Anytime. You name it. All right. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Guys and gals, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate you. Thanks to uh, everybody for all the great comments in the forum. We really do appreciate all the feedback there. It's, it's awesome to see that there. Thanks to Rival Fantasy for uh, their sponsorship. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we got two-star starters, Clay and Todd. So make sure to lock it in, tune it in for that as well. Uh, lock in, hit that like button, subscribe, so you can get all of our content, let, it, let you know when it's available. 
Take care. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.